0: words on water. Welcome to Words on Water, a podcast from the Water Environment Federation. This is the host, Travis Loop, joined for this episode by Charlie Stevens. He is Utility Operations Officer for Kansas City, and he is also the chair of WEF's Government Affairs Committee. Uh, Charlie, thank you for coming on the podcast. Looking forward to it, Travis. So here in the month of April, this is uh, typically when the water sector heads to Washington DC and participates in Water Week, really a time to advocate for policies and investment uh, that the sector feels important. The sector feels is important. We will be doing that again this year. Uh, You've been to uh, a number of Water Weeks and made your voice heard. I guess the, the big news this year is that we had the Infrastructure Act that was passed and has been put into law, and it's a a massive piece of legislation, a lot of dollars for water. How does it feel to you after years of advocating for infrastructure investment to finally have Congress pass legislation and provide that investment?
1: It feels wonderful uh, to have good solid funding from Congress and the president. Um, but to move through you know existing state systems uh, to local utilities to better serve our customers, and really sustain our water infrastructure all across the country, uh, the re- replacement re- re- rehabilitation efforts over the next several decades, um, really for the next generations of Americans
0: well yeah absolutely um and it, it had to be one of these situations where um you know i've been in water for a while as well you you we keep going to dc every year and, and throughout the year asking for this type of investment and uh to finally see something huge happen it's pretty exciting um and, and a little bit of a feeling of relief too but now that 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 has been put in place the act was passed the, uh what are some of the key next steps and issues that you're keeping an eye on with the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act?
1: Sure. I think the you know several main focus areas, but one would certainly be the continuing appropriations um, from Congress and the president in the FY23 federal uh, budget process is really vital. Um, you know, the, the legislation piece is, is completed. Now we just need the appropriations piece, piece to be completed and, and followed through on. Um, and, have, and have all, you know, the Congress and the president provide the maximum authorized funding levels in the IIJA. Uh, a strong, consistent commitment from the federal government is needed to ensure that communities nationwide can address challenges like climate resilience, equity, affordability, workforce development, uh, cybersecurity challenges, and emerging contaminants. Um, Because without that funding, the commitment of the Congress and President demonstrated again, as I said in 22 will stall and leave communities and ratepayers struggling to find necessary infrastructure investments that they need to make. Um, we've heard over and over from ASCE, uh, APWA, you know, the, repay, the failing report card reports, you know, year after year on American infrastructure of all kinds. Um, and water is certainly a very important sector because uh, without water, obviously, human beings can't exist. So I think it's, it's really vital at time in, in America right now for reinvestment and in water infrastructure i'd say yeah. the next the next piece uh but certainly we're focused on as part of wef um, and also you know utilities um is the buy expanded by america mandates are concerned um, from the utilities perspective you know we understand that the epa intends to issue a separate memo related to buy america after uh, OMB publishes its guidance on the topic. But we're really urging EPA to be mindful of the fact that water infrastructure projects and be heavily dependent on manufactured technologies and equipment, uh, both to achieve regulatory compliance or to advance innovative projects and technologies for water quality treatment uh emission reductions resource recovery such as biosolids and being more energy efficient you know the fact the fact is that many of these specialized components are not produced domestically you know we'd certainly like to have more of them produced domestically you know when i started in the industry you know 36 years ago uh this coming october there's certainly a lot of a lot more small what i would consider mom and pop shops that built equipment and technologies and those have all you know disappeared through acquisition and buyouts um, from really uh, a worldwide economy now Um, and so you know have an epa make a waiver process as simple and seamless as possible so that utilities are not impeded in their ability to quickly move ahead uh, with the infrastructure investments uh, to benefit public health and the environment uh, will be even more challenging uh, to, to use the infrastructure funds that have been uh, put in place by Congress and the President. Mm-hmm.
0: Tremendous perspective, really important. Uh, to just reiterate this message that because this act was put into law and put into place, the work is not done by our sector. There's a lot that has to happen with appropriations and with the direction of policy and implementation under that act. So as I, as we mentioned in the beginning, this month in April is Water Week in DC. The last week, um, and so that's a critical chance for people to come and address these issues. You've been uh coming to Water Week in DC. What have been your experiences and uh what's it like? What are the benefits of of coming to DC to be part of advocating for investment and in policy?
1: Yeah, overall, you know, the many years I have participated in Water Week, um, I would describe my experiences as really being inspirational. Um, even now, I mean, as I'm, you know, getting close to the end of my career, but especially at the beginning, when you walk the halls of Congress or go into the Supreme Court building or many other very historic buildings, it was, it was really inspirational to be part of that. Um, and then listening to the leaders of EPA water offices, you know, leaders within uh, Congress, and meeting with their staff, you know, one-on-one or uh, to accomplish many, many things through conversations and collaborations is really what it's all about. And again, I think we're at a critical time in the water sector um, that, you know, advocating more water specific things is a, is a huge need. Um, again, you know, continuing to pass important legislation initiatives for funding, uh, working with regulators to build a working relationship of trust um, so that the working experts, such as myself and the water sector and others, have a voice when it comes to updating and adding new regulations. You know, I yeah. think one of the uh, things that I've really appreciated about working with water sector organizations, like I said, over the history uh, was passing of the you know, the 2012 farm bill was kind of the initial piece. And then the 2018 farm bill, uh, language now articulates the importance of source water protection, um, through conservation programs overseen by USDA and NRCS. Uh, I think most of us, in the water space understand, uh, the impacts that nutrients are having from multiple sources both point and non-point. And so certainly getting that legislation and language in there has moved us forward uh, significantly. So really looking forward to working with everyone on the 2022 Farm Bill. uh, That should, we should start that work here in this coming year. Um, You know, just just backing up a minute, I guess, Travis, you know, you were talking about other concerns, you know, that WEF and other water organizations are focused on uh, is really, you know, circular liability protections. Mm. So Congress has has explored circular liability protections for airports uh, that really have no choice but to use firefighting foam containing PFAS. Um, Utilities, including Kansas City, strongly believe, you know, the water systems Meaning, water and wastewater really have no choice uh, to, but to remove PFOS from their source water supplies or biosolids. But we feel like we should be protected from circular liability um, when we get ready to dispose. You know, these water, wastewater, and water reuse treatment byproducts containing PFOS type uh, compounds. You know, we really need to hold the polluters and not local utility. Ratepayers responsible um, for the cost of remediating PFOS and PFOs that have infiltrated the environment. Um, we need to ensure the policies to analyze and regulate the PFOS, you know, follow an evi- evidence and risk-based assessment process um, that have been well established in the Safe Drinking Water Act and Clean Dr- Clean Water Act. And that moves EPA as expeditiously as possible making its regulatory determinations. Uh, again, drinking water, wastewater and water reuse facilities are not users or producers of PFOS or pfos like compounds. And we feel like uh, we should be able to harmless if the EPA does list uh, PFA or PFO as hazardous substance under circle. Or any other federal regulation. So I just wanted to, to capture that thought.
0: Um, sure, it's an important one. Or we're talking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, you know, I was going to ask you why people should attend Water Week in DC, but I think you've made the case pretty strong, uh, strongly already about uh, the need to follow up on the Infrastructure uh, Investment and Jobs Act but also to uh, address some of these other critical policy issues, um, including around PFAS. Um, You
1: know, the other thing I would say, you know,
0: why Water Week's really important this year
1: uh, is just working with experts, you know, at the congressional level and and their staff to hear directly from constituents, you know, again, I can't say it enough that it's just key when utilities such as Kansas city water go meet with missouri representatives and senators and and have a voice you know um, about about the water sector overall um, you know water sector employees work 24 hours a day seven days a week 365 days a year um, and really can't be taken for granted um, and i think this was very apparent over the last two plus years when covid 19 pandemic, uh, was affecting everyone around the world. You know, water sector employees had to come to work every day and do their job like we always do, uh, even during the pandemic. You know, as we approach the 50th anniversary of the Clean Water Act, uh, we as water sector employees need to continue to influence what actions are taken by the Congress and by the Office of the President.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, lastly, I just wanted to kind of connect it back to you there in Kansas city and maybe ask a little bit, just, uh, just wanted to get some insight on the biggest, maybe issues you're facing when it comes to infrastructure there, or maybe how, uh, the infrastructure act is going to help you all out with what you're doing in Kansas city, just kind of some, some local perspective from you. Sure. Um, just to give you some examples, you know, we
1: are also a, a CSO community, so we have a federal consent order that we have to comply with. Um, we did successfully uh, negotiate a second amendment to the consent order that was first developed, you know, over a decade ago. Um, the original price tag for Kansas City CSO program was about four and a half to five billion. Um By negotiating that um, more around affordability, uh, community affordability, uh, we were able to to shave off about a billion and a half dollars of the cost of that program and extend it another five years. So it was one of a 25 year program, now it's a 30 year program. And then there's built in milestones along the way that we have to meet on percent capture. Um, And so, you know, it's a Big big impact on uh, utility customers here in Kansas City on the on the wastewater side. So our wastewater bill is is the biggest part portion of our bill, followed by uh, you know drinking water and storm water. We do have a small stormwater fee here. Um, so what we're able to do, you know, we're replacing one uh, percent of our twenty eight hundred mile. Uh, wastewater collection system every year, um, along with, you know, other rehabilitation efforts in the CSO areas and outside the CSO areas uh, with infiltration and inflow. Um, We're also replacing 1% of our distribution and water transmission main system every year. Um, To my knowledge, you know, our program is one of the most aggressive replacement programs in the United States. Uh, Most systems are are trying to get uh, 0.3 to 0.5% of their system replaced a year. So if you're looking at ours, ours is still a hundred year life cycle to replace the distribution system. Um, So it it is making improvements. Uh, Our water main breaks and other water losses are down from what they were uh, when the program first started in the nineties. We've already replaced over 300 miles of water mains um, but with 2,800 miles of water distribution, water transmission mains as well, we have a long way to go. Mm. Um, we have a lot of capital improvement projects under construction in 22. Uh, many of these look to last up to four years. An example of that being a biosolids modernization project out of our largest wastewater plant, Blue River. Uh, is a $140 million capital improvement program by itself. Um, and it's, you know, be able to let us uh, produce class A biosolids uh, rather than just class B biosolids and should allow us to be able to process more biosolids uh, than what we currently can today with this new technology. So it's called thermal hydrolysis. Mm. <clears throat> and so it's like, a, a I don't know if your mother and father ever canned vegetables or meat or. You know things like that, but it's like a giant pressure cooker, Uh, and then basically the bacterial cells and the organic matter gets broken down a lot more effectively that way. Um, Then we've got numerous capital projects at our water treatment plant uh, that's over ninety years old uh, going on right now with replacing a lot of dated and old uh, mechanical equipment and and electrical, and so that that's going to occur. you know, over the next few years. Um, And then we're in the process of a lot of design projects, both on the water and wastewater side. Um, And, you know, looking at a brand new uh, replaced wastewater plant uh, that's gonna serve an area close to our airport uh, that's in a rapidly growing area of Kansas City. Uh, That plant will be fully capable of both treating uh, you know, nitrogen and phosphorus and reducing it down to a a very low level and and discharging that back into a local uh, water body. Then on the water side, we're looking at uh, putting in collector wells along the river. So right now 80% of our drinking water comes off the Missouri River. Um, And then we have enough well capacity for about 20%. But we'd like to increase our well capacity by building these horizontal collector wells up to about 50 50 percent capacity and not being so dependent on the Missouri River. Um, As you know, climate change is impacting every utility. And so this is just one step in trying to make uh, our utility more sustainable in the future. Um, And so that project will be ongoing now um, for the next three to seven years um, by the time we get the design completed and get under construction. Um, but this this winter uh, was kind of touch and go. We received a letter last summer from the Army Corps of Engineers that they were gonna have to reduce the winter flows coming out of the dam, uh, rock and dam system upstream, you know, up by Gavins Point, South Dakota. Uh, to kind of record lows, just due to the ongoing uh, severe drought in Montana, Wyoming, up in the upper basin. Uh, The lakes themselves, which are several along that river system, uh, were about 50, 60% of their normal capacity. And so with reduced rainfall and snowmelt in that upper basin, it's an ongoing concern that we have. And so that's another emphasis to have a more sustainable water supply. So that's kind of the highlight, Stratus, of what's yeah, going on in Kansas City.
0: <laughs> you sound you sound very busy, and, and uh, it's it's amazing to hear all those different things going on. Uh, and a lot to keep track of for you for sure, but exciting times. Well, uh, Charlie, I really appreciate you coming on the podcast and sharing some of your perspective on the importance of advocating for our water investment and policies. Uh, Again, we definitely encourage folks to participate in Water Week in DC, the last week in April. And if you can't make it to DC, there's a lot you can do back in your uh, districts to reach out to your members of Congress and and, uh, call attention to our issues. But again, Charlie, thank you so much. Appreciate it, Travis. Have a good day. Words on Water.